Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the confrontation episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. What did you think about the confrontation episode? Another awesome episode. I think this one and Mercy fit really well together. You wouldn't think so. Like on the surface, if I don't understand these concepts very well, if it's just like just the surface level knowledge, I think mercy and confrontation are actually in competition with one another, Mm. but they're not. The only reason they would be is if I'm not confronting the right way. Yeah. It's such an important topic and it's, it's necessary. You know, God wants us to grow. We know that. We can't without confrontation. Man, it's so true. And and the fact that confronting someone is kind of begins the mercy in a sense. Right. You know what I mean? Like making someone aware of something or an issue. It's like it, it, confrontation is not. And I just feel it it happens so often where confrontation gets lumped or grouped with judgment or abuse and taking those things and separating them are really important. Yes, they are. So uh, can you give us an overview of the, the strict side and the loose side? Yeah. The strict side or the limitation side is to confront with judgment and what this what this looks like is focusing on the person a lot of times what we we talked about in the last in the what the flock version of this episode is this leading the condemnation mm-hmm. not conviction mm-hmm. the person's focused on in the confrontation not the act itself you're a bad person not that was a bad behavior and then the the loose side or the freedom side would be not confronted at all, avoiding confrontation and resulting in enabling. So the, the enablers and enabled happen on that side. Now, one of the things that helped me with this is I used to, I used to lump, I used to have the concepts tied together that, if someone did not have a behavior change, then I didn't confront them. Ooh. So oftentimes we can get into this mentality of, okay, I'm going to confront you and you need to change. I'm going to confront you about something that's wrong in you and you need to change. And if you didn't change, then I need to try harder to get you to change. And that's where a lot of intimidation and a lot of, you know, uh, unintentional bullying happens. Because what's one of the easiest behavioral changes that you can try to get out of a person? Just try to make them feel bad. If they feel bad. Mm. Right? That would be a behavior. Oh, Oh, this person's crying. This person, clearly they feel bad. Yeah. Oh, I did a good enough job. Right. And so what, what, what can happen is, is that, you know, I will sit there and I'll confront someone on their behavior and they don't, 
they don't change. So I, oh, maybe I didn't confront them. But the reality is, is that this confrontation and going back to the definition of to make someone aware of an issue, did I make them aware of that issue? Yes. Great. Then I didn't, con- then I didn't enable them. Right. Or did right. I, did I condemn them? Did I say that they are a bad person because they had a bad issue? No. Great. What, so one of the things that helped me is you, when we're saying confront and confrontation, we're not talking about also changing someone's behavior. No, that's good. We're not, we're not talking about that at all. We're just talking about them, about making them aware of an issue that you see. We're talking about you bringing something, making someone aware of an issue that you believe they have, whether that be yeah. a trespass or something that's hurting them. That's it. Not that they do it. Not that they agree. Not that they follow you. Not that they, not about them even disagreeing with you or attacking you as a result. It's all we're talking about in the confrontation episode, you taking that step to intentionally make them aware in love. Right. So what can you do on the other side of that to help the person confront? And to ensure they've confronted the right way. I know for me, and this is something you and you and I both both make an effort to do is a repeat back to the person what they what they brought to me. Mm. Now I try to get that if I can, if I'm confronting you, I don't have control over whether or not you understand me. I can try to facilitate that and I can ask you, can you repeat back to me what I said? But if I'm being confronted, I have control over whether or not I can understand the person. And, and, and here's the level of self-esteem is like, and, and showing, do you really appreciate the value of confrontation is the next time you're confronted, make sure you really understand what this person's issue is against you. Mm. No, let me repeat back to you. So you're saying you didn't like it or your feelings were hurt or you think it was wrong for me to say or do this thing. And then when they say, yeah, that's then, then it's great. Now I hear you. Thank you. That's the measure of hearing, right? Is I'm able to repeat back to you, to your satisfaction, whatever the issue is that you want me to hear. Right. And it's, and then we win. Yeah. You've gained a brother. That's it. Now let's, and now let's let God do his work. That's what we're doing is like, in those moments, what we're doing is we're getting, we're getting ourselves out of the way and let God do his work. I brought my issue to you. Now I give up control over it. You heard me. Let's let God do his work. And then that's when the, that's when God's spirit can help convict that person of that behavior or, yeah, or not, you know? Right. And then that's where the mercy comes in, where we're giving them time for, the spirit of God to move in their life. Right. Pretty cool. Okay. So one of the things that I loved in this episode was talking about um, those communication guidelines and asking questions, answering questions, sharing on myself. Uh, What's the difference? So I was, I was speaking at a conference uh, with a business at a business function. And, uh, I taught these guidelines and 
I, I said, sharing, sharing on yourself, asking, answering questions. And a lady came up to me afterwards and she said, sharing on yourself is grammatically incorrect. And I said, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. With yeah. Me. Thank you. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she was like, you, you should be share. It should be sharing about yourself. And, uh, you know, I kind of wrestled with that and then sorted out the fact that when we're talking about sharing on yourself, this is different than sharing about yourself. Yes. How, Pastor Joel? So I would, I mean, what's the, what's the goal here is really what we're getting to. Nice. And what we're trying to do, communication guidelines, we call them in Music Life Church, in the restoration process, we've titled them the edifying communication guidelines. I've heard them called collaborative communication, effective communication, yep. godly communication, yummy, yummy, awesome community, like whatever. You've heard, like, them, you've heard them be called yummy, yummy, awesome? No, that's just me showing my horrid improv skills. That's the best I had. Hey, Pastor Joel, did you see how I confronted you there? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was <laughs> actually no i didn't even recognize <laughs> i think that's how used to fun. it we are we just yeah. i'm just we're just used to it because we communicate in a healthy way even with confrontation i agree it doesn't feel like it used to when no, i know exactly right? yeah we've changed yeah but point being these communication guidelines are meant to bring value in the communication so when I share on myself, I, what I'm sharing things that ought to be of value to you. Mm-hmm. Sharing about myself, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it can be. Well, why are you? It can be braggadocious. Yes, I have a boat. I yes. have this. I, this is about myself. And those are a lot of about myself tend to be external things too. Yeah, have or yeah. Or- have things like have i do. have yeah I, I do these things yeah yep and what we're talking about sharing on myself is more intangible thoughts feelings beliefs but also it's it really does come down to what's the intention of the communication what's why am i sharing these things either on or about myself is it for your benefit and especially when confronting another person. Yeah, and is it is it to is it to be known or not? Right. Which is right. What, what, another thing that I love about on it's to like be known. Yeah, like it's like if it's on myself, if 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 I want you, if I'm sharing on myself, it's like me basically going, like I'm kind of opening up myself to you, wanting and desiring to be known. About is external sharing on yourself is very internal. It is very focused on who you are as a person. Yeah. So that helped me where it's like, yes, 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 yes. It is maybe grammatically incorrect. Um, but I don't see anything wrong with inventing phrases. <laughs> All <laughs> phrases just, uh, were invented. There you go. Oh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. I was waiting for it. All words are made up, right? All words are made up. <laughs> it's like Shakespeare invented the word eyeball, you know, like 
Yeah, now I don't question it. No, we don't question it. But yeah, we we we're we're still creating words. Yeah, we are. You know, which is great. But anyway, these these uh, communication guidelines are super powerful, and I would love to kind of get more specific on them. And if you have any practical example, a very famous example to share with us, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to. So first, I want to give a big disclaimer here. One, one of the tricks that I've learned in reading the Bible, if you want to understand who God is, you want to understand who Jesus is, you want to understand who the Holy Spirit is, and what they're like, what the experience with those different beings of the Trinity are like, you often get the greatest representation of who they are and what they're like in the first instance that you read about them in this epic story that we call the Bible. That's so good. So with God the Father, we see an epic representation of who he is and what he is like to interact with in Genesis chapter 3. Now, let me fast forward real quick. Hebrews chapter 12. One of the things that has helped me repair my understanding and my experience, my work, my feelings, my emotions to this concept of confrontation is Hebrews chapter 12. God loves those he chastens. God is a, God confronts his kids. Yeah. And in fact, one of the measures that we're as kids is that he confronts us <laughs> yeah. and how well we handled that confrontation. Nice. But one of the missteps we often take is judging God to be this wrathful, vengeful being. You know, there's even people who talk about God as if he's different now than he was during the Old Testament. Oh, like the Old Testament God, who was really judgmental and wrathful, angry God, right? Mm -hmm. God's the same as he was then. Yeah, his providence or how he managed the world has changed, but who he is, what he's like, what he desires has stayed the same. Nice. So with that all said, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3 a very famous interaction with Adam and Eve. We'll see a very famous confrontation happen. And we'll see an epic usage of these guidelines. Sweet. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Well, that right there shows Adam and Eve had little understanding experience of God the Father. Rightly so. They're the first human beings. They didn't have anybody else to learn from. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. To us, that may seem funny. You can't hide from God. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, now for all of you listening, what do you think he said? What are the words that come to your mind? What was the first thing God said to Adam after he hid from God? Do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 do. Yep. 
God said, where are you? Question. A question. Now, this is after the incident with Eve eating the fruit. So God asks a question. He asks a question that he knows the answer to. Why is God asking this question that he knows the answer to? Because he doesn't care as much about the fact as he does about the story. Or about Adam's response to the question. And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Oh, one, two, Bravo. three, four, four eyes. Bravo, Adam. Oh, 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 perfect. What's he do? Two of the guidelines. He answers a question. Yeah, you're right. And his answer is him sharing or making statements on himself. Beautiful. Then God chimes in again. What do you think God said to this? Get out of here. Leave the garden. What did I do at a Music of Life Church Appleton sermon? I went, idiots, idiots, <laughs> idiots. You right. stupid morons. And that would be a strict side or limitation side version of confrontation. Yep, totally. Judgment, condemnation. God's merciful. God is long-suffering. He is the standard. Yeah. What did he say for real? Who told you that you were naked? Oh, oh and he continues. Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? So God didn't say, you shouldn't eat that fruit. I told you not to. God, two questions. Who told you you're naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Now things get off the rail. Adam responds. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Oh, Adam, you started off so well. <laughs> mm -hmm. But here, do you see what happened? Yeah. He made a statement on Eve. And then he even made a statement on God. The woman whom you, God, gave to me. She gave me the fruit and I ate. And this didn't answer the question. Who told you you were naked? Didn't answer it. Yeah, I found out myself. And Is then that, that would be, the, that would be yeah, the answer to the question. I found out myself. And then the yeah. second question, have you eaten of the tree, which I commanded you not to eat? Is a yes or no question? Yes. Yes. I found out myself. Yes, that's all he needed to say. Yeah, who 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 told you? No, no one told me. I found out that I was yep. naked. Yeah. Who told yeah. you? Yeah, I found out no, myself. No, no one told me. No I one. I I realized it myself. Yep. Yep. Even I both did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Did you eat the fruit? Yep, I did. Yes. 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 So Adam made a couple missteps there. Then the Lord God said to the woman, "How dare you!" Yeah. 
No. What do you think she said? (laughs) The Lord God said, now, for those of you who probably, even if you don't have it memorized, you may start seeing a pattern here and you can guess, well, I bet you he's just asked her a question. But is that really what you would have thought before listening to this podcast? I hope so. We often, that's why I love opening the Bible when I'm talking about the Bible with my friends. Yeah. Open it up because so often our memory is wrong about what it says. Yeah. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? Another open-ended question Yeah. from our merciful God who's confronting these humans. Is he doing this in love? Oh yeah, he's doing this in love. Is he doing this mercifully? Oh yeah, he's so merciful. Do we feel like this is a vengeful, wrathful God who is just waiting to find something wrong with these people so he could kick them out of the garden? Yes. Or does this look like a God who is giving them every opportunity to respond the right way? Hmm. Because what does Eve say? The serpent deceived me and I ate. So, yeah, she answered the question, but she answered it by violating the first guideline. She made a statement on the serpent, on the serpent. Hmm. What could she have done? I ate the fruit. What is this you have done? Yep, I ate the fruit. That's the big issue with both Adam and Eve is, and especially Adam, we know sin came through Adam. This is like, we get, we go through this all day. I could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. Sin came through Adam, but Eve ate the fruit. So the real big issue is here is they're justifying themselves. Trying to, they were the first humans to do it. And this is why I'm merciful towards Adam and Eve, because I've done this too. I still do it. Finding ways to justify myself. And what I try to do is make sure I'm quick to confess and repent and justify God. But God knows all things. And if he does, then why did he ask Adam these questions? It's to get Adam to think. Yeah. Really to give him an opportunity to confess and repent. God actually gave up control in asking these questions. Gave control to Adam and Eve to respond in any way they deemed fit. Because that's something God doesn't know ahead of time is the specific way I'm going to respond to the things that happen to me, including questions that are asked of me. So yeah, God knew all of these external things, where they were. He knew they ate the fruit. He knew it was the serpent who deceived Eve. He knew Adam was standing there whittling his thumbs, not helping his wife. But he didn't necessarily know how's Adam going to respond to these questions? How's Eve going to respond to this question? That's why he's asking this because he's merciful and because he wants to know us. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm thinking about this story again. And even when Adam answered this question and then God started talking to Eve Adam could have chimed in 
Yeah. And gone, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 no, 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 no. That was wrong. That was wrong. Right. Because he was still showing them time and giving them the opportunity to do that. And then he moves on, you know, like. Yeah. And you wonder why, why did he then start talking to Eve, even after Adam wasn't answering his questions? It's like, oh, because, because Adam's answer, answer to God's last question, he asked him here showed god what he was looking for within adam's thought process and it's like oh right. he's justifying himself and he's actually blaming god yeah he is so here is such an epic version of these guidelines being used questions being asked questions being answered statements on myself being shared and the converse of all three of those happening as well we see Adam do a great job in the first question, sharing on himself, answering a question, but we see God. And if you look time and time again, throughout scriptures, you see these guidelines being used. God, the father with Jesus and with people who are taking direction of God, the father and Jesus via the Holy spirit. Awesome. Let's take a look at the three categories of people from the perspective of self-esteem, Pastor Joel. All right. So low self-esteem. These are the people I feel sorry for. Reason, oh, because, you know, I like to remind everybody of this every once in a while because we've been there, right? It sucks mm -hmm. having low self-esteem. Oh, yeah. It sucks feeling out of control. And blaming everybody else and feeling like feeling out of control and, and feeling like I have no control over getting myself back in the control because everybody's out to get me. Yeah, for sure. But in the con confrontation context, it's these low self-esteem people are like, you're, you're just mean to confront me. So don't. It's wrong. Confrontation's wrong. Low self-esteem, I don't want to be confronted. I'm going to avoid it. Mm. or I'm going to rationalize if it, when it happens. Mm. Mid self-esteem. These are people who are going to hear you. And they may, they may not know the right way to confront or be confronted. The, they'll likely hear you. They're going to know when confrontation's not done right, because these are the people who tend to be, the ones strong enough to walk away from people being judgmental, but they recognize the value in confrontation. High self-esteem people are the ones who recognize the value in confrontation because they've, they've embraced it in their own lives and they seek it out in their own lives. And when they confront others, they're doing it for their benefit because they see the value in confrontation. Amazing. And can you remind us what the ultimate answer to confrontation is, Pastor Joel? The ultimate answer is to make a person aware of an issue. Awesome. Well, I think it's amazing. I think this has been an incredibly insightful. I love the Matthew 18 stuff. I love the uh, the the Genesis example, I think that's it. 
I think it's incredible. You know what you were saying about the first time God shows up on the scene, God, the father, first time he's interacting with people, Jesus, the Holy spirit, we get them in their, you know, their, their, their superhero abilities, like who they're most raw, right? Yeah. And it's just really cool. It's really cool to see just how amazingly merciful God is through that story and how he is the ultimate communicator. Oh yeah. So great. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. This was really fun. Cool. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.